teammates smashing one another, but right now Tommaso Ciampa is in the worst position possible. And Braun Breaker with the NXT Champion high above his head, the power on display as Breaker into the cover. Down south slanging, rolling with these hustlers, trying to get rid of all you haters and you busted. Down south slanging, rolling with these hustlers. On a night that could be Johnny Wrestling's last night in WWE and NXT. On a night where NXT 2.0 reigns supreme. On a night that the cruiserweight title lives on. On a night that we saw the first takeover, quote-unquote, of NXT 2.0. And here we are on NXT Talk, chatting all things NXT War Games. I'm Boris, and as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Thanks for listening to us this morning or uh, tonight or whenever you're checking us out here at NXT Talk at SNME Radio. Uh, Boris, you know, it was probably the worst takeover show, but it was probably the best 2.0 show. So, you know, we're somewhere in the middle. Exactly. Here's the thing. Let's have this conversation now, Matt. I don't know. I don't know. A lot wrestling fans are interesting. You know, they're fickle. We hear that quite a bit. But at the end of the day, you cannot compare takeovers of old to 2.0. Like, I know that you want to, it's fair to, but at the end of the day, this is purely developmental. We have inexperienced wrestlers, and that in itself could be a whole issue. But going into this show, I lowered the bar. I lowered it well enough. And again, maybe because... We watch NXT 2.0 week in and week out, so we kind of know what to expect in terms of quality, in terms of cheesiness, in terms of a bunch of that stuff. But overall, tonight's show was acceptable for NXT 2.0 and this new era of NXT. Yeah, acceptable. Acceptable might be the word for it. I don't know. It was it was good. I thought the main event was great. I thought it was a great match. Really, really good. Might show up on our uh, end of the year list, Boris. Near the end, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. There there are definitely some nits to pick with NXT 2.0, buddy. Like there there are some things that aren't working on this show. But you know what? By and large, I think tonight delivered. I really do. I I do I do too. And you know there were sh- shocks. There were some surprises in terms of results. We'll touch on that. Clearly, we aren't bookers. We can't be bookers, and we can't predict the future. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I think with the main event, the right people won. I had a fear in the back of my mind that we would see a WWE-style swerve, and the black and gold was going to win. But I'm happy, so happy, happy, happy. Overall, that they did the right thing for once, Matt. I'm actually shocked that you say that. I I, I couldn't see a universe at all in which the black and gold would have won. But uh, just in so far that it's WWE, you can't put anything past them. I understand that. But yeah, man, I I, I thought, yeah. I guess overall, I think 
all the right people won on this show if you really look at what happened. But a lot of them were not the winners that we expected for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's like I said, we'll touch on everything. Um, and, you know, I think, Matt, in the interest of time, in the interest of everything, we should just get right down to business. Absolutely, man. Yeah, let's just let's not dilly dally any round except uh, except for one piece of business, Boris, because we are the young guns. And as the young guns, we like to mix it up. We like to change it up. We like to bring you a rating system du jour because star ratings are passe. So I think on today's uh, on today's episode of NXT talk here on this War Games after pod, Boris, I think we should honor the great Johnny Gargano. Yep, and what I said could be his last appearance. We don't know yet. Surely through Twitter uh, posts and messages on Instagram, it seems like this could very well be it. We don't know exactly what the future holds. We'll talk about that at the very end of the show. We'll let you know what we think is going to happen with him. But you are right. I think it is time to honor the great Johnny Gargano, a true NXT legend. You know, if you were going to retire numbers in NXT, he's for sure one of the first people you would retire because he was in involved in some of the most classic NXT moments over the last six, seven years. That's an interesting concept, buddy. I think uh, we should explore that. Maybe it sounds like a BAM episode, retired jerseys for wrestling promotions. But that's neither here nor there. Again, we can't dilly-dally, homie. But yeah, honoring the great Johnny Gargano. Can't wait to see what's next for Johnny Wrestling. Exactly. All right. So every match is going to be rated out of five Johnny Wrestlings, five DIYs, five Johnny Garganos. All right. Let's get right to it. So the pre-show didn't really have much. It was just a bunch of videos. My favorite, my gal, the hardest working reporter and all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell with some dude, a very annoying dude. It was Sam Roberts, but you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. He was trying to play up his heel persona, which absolutely failed. But in the grand scheme of things, you didn't need to watch this. We watched it, so clearly you don't have to, and I'm pretty sure most of you didn't, but again, nothing, nothing major, no matches, it was just recaps, reviews, and predictions. Yes, uh, numerous videos that we would see again on the show, yeah, you don't need to go back and watch this one really at all, um, but yeah, let's, uh, I, I, I actually, I, I thought that some of the videos they did here were a lot better than a, a few of the character videos they did later in the show, man. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I don't even remember some of them. I stopped taking notes because it's like, hey, if WWE is going to give us five minutes of commercials, thanks to Peacock and their cheaper tier, um, Boris is going to go to the bathroom. Boris is going to grab a snack. Boris is going to reply to texts. <laughs> Anyways, the first match of the night. Predictably so was the women's war games match, which saw Cora Jade, Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai, uh, and Toxic Attraction, which is Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy War Rose. Yeah, so hoof. This was uh, very sloppy in parts. You know, it wasn't the best. It was yeah. probably the worst WWE war games, yeah, if we're sure. being honest. You know, this, but this is the thing, and this kind of, you know, going back to the whole rookie and developmental thing, man, I give credit to some of these people, like the Cora Jades. Never thought I'd say that, eh? Um, to the Grayson Wallers, to even Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O. You know why? Because they are so new. And here you are throwing them on their first pay-per-view 
in a War Games match, which, you know, it, it's it's just plunder on plunder on plunder. So you got to give these people credit for even going out and, and, and putting on these matches. All right, so Dakota Kai and Kaylee Ray started the match. They had a okay one-on-one. Um, I, Dakota Kai's character is something. I'm A lot of people are loving it. But this is just so cliche, crazy Kai. It is what it is. Um, Cora Jade was out third. Um, and this is where the inexperience, the rookiness of Cora Jade kind of showed a little bit because the crowd was a little against her. And I think it got to her head a little bit. You think so? I don't know. I think she held it together. I uh, I didn't really mind Cora Jade too much, although I, I think she needs to sell a little bit more it's a very common rookie mistake is like constantly consistently selling yeah. you uh if you pay attention to core especially at the start of this match there wasn't a lot of selling going on but whatever again she's very new she's 20 years old and you say you, you previously you said oh did you ever think i would i would say that complimenting cora jade yes i did think you would compliment cora jade boris because your cora jade feud is nonsensical it's completely out of nowhere you're nonsensical Bogus. and completely out of nowhere anyways um <laughs> Gigi Dolan is out fourth, um, you know, so this is when the plunder really starts, and Matt, I gotta bring this up now, because this is gonna be a theme throughout the War Games matches, it, how much does it bother you, or does it even bother you, that there is are weapons on weapons on weapons, and tables, and kendo sticks, and chairs, and all this and that, inside of a War Games match, like traditionally speaking, in the late 80s, early 90s the war games match was the weapon the cage was the weapon yeah no i understand that but yeah it's 2021 man it's got we're coming up on 2022 you got to update these uh you know you got to update these things a little bit it's yeah. got to feel modern it's got to be enjoyable to the modern fan and you knew they were going to do a lot of exactly. smoke and mirrors cut a lot of corners correct me if i'm wrong on this one but i believe Every one of the competitors who came into this match brought a weapon. Uh, I think uh, yeah. all eight for eight. Uh, except Cora Jade. She brought her, her fists. <laughs> I think she brought a skateboard, Boris. Did she bring the skateboard into the ring? She, I don't remember. She did. She, there was a skateboard heavily involved in the early oh, stages of this match. Anyways, so Io Shirai is out fifth. Uh, right before that, KLR does the KLR bomb onto the Kodakai on a trash can. Uh, so uh, Io Shirai was out. Uh, JC Jane was out sixth. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez was out seventh, and then Mandy Rose was the last person out to then officially start the War Games match. Um, so, you know, shall we talk about Cora Jade and her spot? Yeah, so this was a pretty interesting deal. So Cora Jade uh, does... Uh, a Jeff Hardy senton, four out of ten on the Jeff Hardy scale, but she does a senton from the top of the cage through a table, kind of lands awkwardly on her shoulder. Now, this actually worked into the story of the match, so I think it was obviously a planned spot. But, uh, yeah, so Cora Jade would be selling her separated quote-unquote shoulder for the rest of the match, and then uh, four or five minutes down the line, they would do a pretty serious spot where Io Shirai pops 
Cora's shoulder back in, refusing the doctors. She says, no, I'll handle it. And she pops Cora Jade's shoulder back into its socket, forces it in there. So that was a, it was a pretty interesting, fun spot, Boris. I actually quite enjoyed that. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, I love, like, Yoshirai is such a badass. She's so hilarious in the ring. Like, her reactions, she's so good. It, it, it's criminal that she is not on the main roster or in another company kicking ass and making a huge name for herself. Absolutely. Yeah. I wish New Japan had more of a Joshi presence. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's stardom, and that's great. But it almost feels like stardom needs maybe stardom will grow enough that, uh, you know, but but Yoshirai's been there, done that. She's not going back there anyway. So, yeah, exactly. So, obviously, uh, at one point, Shirai and Kai were both climbing to the top, and then we got a EO moonsault into a trash can. Um, you know, so, you know, EO continues uh, to be the best Oscar of the Grouch. Uh, so, that was kind of kind of cool as soon as mandy rose came into the match she goes right after jade's injured arm but shirai pulls her focus um then everything starts going crazy gonzalez does her chingona power bomb on jc jane um adds dolan to her grip but rose comes out over with a kendo sticks and wallops her Gigi with a frankensteiner into the corner folding press but cora returns and breaks it up with a kendo stick uh cora jade desperately fighting back with a kendo stick but she gets overwhelmed laid out with a knee to the injured arm but no she manages um a roll up at some point uh it was just the end of the match was also very very interesting matt can you walk us through it yeah well basically like it was kind of a little bit of the finisher parade uh it ended up with raquel hitting i believe it was jc jane with the chingona bomb and then everyone was selling and cora jade seemed to recover first kind of look around like uh, you like like the cat that just got the canary and then rolled up J.C. Jane off the strength of Raquel Gonzalez's Chingona bomb and won the match in uh, 31 minutes and 25 seconds, Boris. This went a long time, it did. Yes, it did. It went a long time, but again, this is the issue when you have, time, you know, quote-unquote timed intervals and the match doesn't officially start until everyone's in. Um, you know, these are just the war game tropes. Uh, the crux almost at this point. Um, but you know what? Overall, it wasn't the worst War Games match that I've seen in history, but it probably oh, no. was the worst in the WWE era of War Games. Yes, the worst WWE War Games. Not the worst War Games match I've seen this month. That, exactly. of course, would go to Major League Woo! Wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, not even close to the worst war games of all time, which would for sure be one of the terrible. It was the 1998 one with like Ultimate Warrior and DDP and like three different teams and single people could win it. Or I'm sure Russo did a thousand war games that all sucked, too. Anyway, I actually thought this was all things considered a slightly above average wrestling match. You know, I would actually, if you put a gun to my head, Boris, I would go three Garganos out of five. It's a 60% open the freedom gate championship percentage, buddy. I think, uh, I, I think it delivered to the extent that we could have expected. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. They're with you like the rating system. Um, so there you go. That is the female war games match. We'll see where they go with this. What was interesting though, something that I forgot to bring up while we were running down the match. And that was Kaylee Ray. At one point, Kaylee Ray turned her attention to an injured Cora Jade kendo stick in hand. And you thought she was going to just wallop her. Yes. So do you think this was just 
a dumb spot just to do a fake turn, just to do a Russo swerve? Yeah. Or, Boris, do you think, because I kind of think I maybe I'm galaxy braining, 4D chessing myself here. Maybe I'm giving Kaylee Ray way too much credit. But I chose to read that as Kaylee Ray was suckering Gigi Dolan in. So, like, because that's what happened, right? So she turned, she looked like she was going to attack Cora J. Gigi Dolan ran into the ring, and then Kaylee Ray turned around and piped Gigi, right? Yeah. So I, I choose to believe that that was the intention of the spot, to sucker Gigi in. 100% agreed with you, because that's exactly what happened. Gigi Dolan kind of comes right behind her, all safe, and, you know, and, 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 and you know, the, the, the face was actually smart and not an idiot and one-upped. The heel. Now, what really hurt this spot is the fact that you only saw GD Dolan until the end. It would have been really cool if they had a camera angle set up where Cora Jade, you see, you know, from Cora Jade's point of view, you see Kaylee Ray kind of walking near her with the kendo stick and then Gigi Dolan kind of like pumping her up, amping her up. And you can kind of like, you know, you see the entire bamboozle happening. Yeah, you could. They could have sold that idea if that is what they were going for. They certainly could have sold it better. They could have played it up to the back row certainly a little better. Because I'm, I'm kind of just guessing that that was their plan there. Exactly. So we'll see what happens moving forward with Dakota Kai and Toxic Attraction because now the other team kind of has a claim to title matches. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's all kinds of people who have claims because Raquel didn't really lose the title in a fair way. Cora Jade has has won a War Games match and pinned the champion. All kinds of interesting uh, combinations, possibilities. EO still out there moonsaulting off cages with garbage cans on her head. Yep, exactly. So we'll see what exactly happens at the end of the day. But overall, now we will move on. So after this, we get another vignette for Tiffany Stratton, uh, the stateside uh, Zaya Brookside. I will see what happens with Tiffany Stratton when she debuts and see her who her daddy is. Insert jokes. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to get Daddy Stratton as a character, Boris. Watch time will tell. Yeah, exactly. You see, this this angle would scare me so much more if, if we were in the Attitude Era. Oh my God! Oh geez! Oh no! Well, we've already, we yeah we saw well Beaver cleavage was pretty much <laughs> the worst possible case scenario for that one. Anyway, yep. Let's, let's move on forever. Well, we're moving on, all right, because it, <laughs> it's at this time that uh, Peacock had their commercials going on. So obviously, we had commercials on our WWE network, and honestly, I'm gonna say it. Once again, this ruins the pacing of any pay-per-view. Man, after, even, like, not to say that the women's match was crap, but if the women's match was, you know, just slightly better, it would have completely taken me out for the next match. Um, can you imagine being in part of the live crowd, just watching, literally watching commercials on the on the Trons? Um, so... Is is that what happens? Do the live crowd see the things that we're seeing on the WWE Network? Yeah, pretty much interesting huh okay so like at first i was like well, this is kind of like a decent idea this is a good makeshift workaround boris for this peacock advertising situation that they found themselves in but you're right man by the end of it by like vignette nine or ten it has run so thin they were scraping the bottom of the barrel with these vignettes too we saw two ikamanjiro videos and the second one was embarrassing one of the worst things i've seen wwe do honestly in like a while like it was so bad 
But yeah, so these things at this moment, I was like, oh, I kind of like these. But boy, they do wear thin, man. Yeah, they very, they really did quick. Yep, like certain people's hairlines. All right, after that, we get a Briggs and Jensen video package, which we've seen. It's the one with them grilling and talking. They talk about what badasses they are. And then we get a MSK vignette recapping their journey to meet the shaman. And we are promised that this Tuesday, the shaman is revealed. Big reveal. Hook them viewers in. Ratings through the roof. If it's not RVD, I will be upset. <laughs> well, they, they keep stressing tag team wrestling, which makes me wonder. It's not going to be Marty Jannetty, though. Oh Maybe my it is God. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it is Marty. It oh won't be. God. It's not going to be. If it's Marty Jannetty, oh my Lord. Number one, if it was Marty Jannetty, you know that he would have posted it on Facebook by now. Guaranteed, guaranteed. Well, maybe Shawn Michaels swore to secrecy, got his boy a paycheck. I strongly doubt it. I don't think they're friends at all. Exactly. All right, then we get the uh, the babyface team of War Games. That is Uncle H, the black and gold. Uh, they're shown talking backstage. They're talking strategy. But then this leads us into my match of the night, which was for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Oh, uh, oh. It was Imperium. Fabian Aikner and Marcel Bartel, your champs versus Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner, Von Smackdown, Von Beverly, Von, I can't wrestle. <laughs> Von Brow, Von Viking. I will say this. I disagree with your assessment that this was the best match, but I'll tell you, man. Oh, Fabian well, I, Aikner, I disagree with your disagreement, my friend. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, buddy. Fabian Eichner was the MVP of NXT War Games 2021. Oh, Fabian Eichner was the gold medal list of this show he was the mvp he was the first star he wins the award he yeah. was incredible in this match he did some amazing lucha moves even better than the greatest luchador on this planet santos escobar what like <laughs> he did some great lucha stuff he like just brought it he just brought it he was just like you know what i'm gonna bring it and that's what he did he brought it <laughs> I think that's well put, succinct to the point, buddy. No, but yeah, he was flipping all over the place, doing suplexes, all kinds of styles. Like I was very impressed with Fabian Eichner, far more so than Von Wagner. But you know, old old Von Beverly, he held his own. He did. He didn't look terrible. The, here's the thing: we've seen worse from Von Beverly, Von SmackDown, Von Wagner. Um, you know, we we he has improved, as I told Joe Aguinaldo on the Facebook board. Uh, you know, he's he's gotten better. This is not the worst he's been, you know, and that's the key. As long as we're seeing improvement, I, I sh we shouldn't sh crap on these people. Number one, we can't do a percentage of what these people can do. Here we are at home, freaking keyboard warriors and mic warriors, you know, talking about this stuff at the end of the day. But, you know, but at the end of the day, as long as we see improvement, that's all that matters. Yeah, like if someone's like stumbling over their feet and like embarrassing themselves in there and, and that's our read, like we have to say so, you know what I mean? And we're doing a podcast, we want to be honest, but you're very much correct, man. You know what I mean? Von Wagner is an athlete. He's he's working hard. He's doing his thing. I think he's looking okay. He's looking fine. He's a solid big man with a giant fucking forehead. <laughs> he really, oh yeah, that's a freaking huge head. Um, if you've ever seen So I Married an Axe Murder, I just always picture the dad head. You know, it's just like just this guy with a huge freaking head. Um, but yeah, Imperium, man, they just continue to just look amazing. Like they are so good in the ring. Again, it is criminal that they are only on NXT. 
So I think, yeah, number one, most criminal Cameron Grimes. Number two, most criminal Io Shirai. Number three, most criminal Imperium. They also are completely one million percent ready for the main roster. Yep. All right. So O'Reilly tagged back in at one point. He did a diving knee to Bartel's ankle. He applied a heel hook. And this is when um, Aikner breaks it up with a with a beautiful moonsault after jumping on a few ropes. This is when I said he might be the best luchador in the ring tonight. Um, it, it just looks so cool. Um, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot like this match was just so well laid out. The thing that hurt me in the grand scheme of things was the hot tag for the face team went to Von Wagner. Uh, yeah. Would you have rather seen Von Wagner sell for the majority that's of the this thing. match? Though? See, that's it's the, the conundrum. The other conundrum is, you know, we don't know what the status is with Kyle O'Reilly. We don't know what the future holds for this match after Tuesday's cage match. So, you know, yes. do you really want him featured this much, you know, so you get, we have to think of like the bigger picture stuff and the optics of people leaving the company at this point. Yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah, I just want to touch on a couple of things. Yeah, that moonsault that Eichner hit, that double springboard, he springboards to the top rope, goes from the top rope to the adjacent rope, and then moonsaults off that kind of like a mini Sabu style moonsault, but better than Sabu did, actually, like honestly, if we're being honest. And uh, yeah, man, I just thought Eichner was just throwing himself at the ground here at a record rate. It was an incredible performance by this guy. Can't say enough about him. Um, yeah, and Kyle O'Reilly, I, I, he held his own. The finish to this match was far superior to the start of it, I thought. I thought the last five minutes, it really, really picked up. And, and the last five minutes were great. But until then, it didn't quite hook me as much as it uh, clearly hooked you. Uh, I think Fabian Aikner hooked me more than anything else. Um, as I'm thinking about this more, I'm like, I just called a Von Wagner match my match of the night. Who the, what am I drinking? What silly <laughs> Great Lakes beer? Our sponsors, beer am I drinking? Um, but yeah, anyways, so we see a total elimination. Again, kudos to Von Wagner for not screwing that up. Uh, Marcel barely kicked out Aikner with a huge dive. They, uh... Uh, we saw a reversed power bomb, a cross arm bore, a folding press reversed into a triangle, wrenching it, but Fabian powers up, and then this is when they do an Imperial bomb for the win. So your winners and still tag team champions, Imperium. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Eichner reverses the, the triangle choke into a power bomb. And then uh, off the top rope comes Marcel Barthel. 14 minutes and 55 seconds. Awesome match, man. Really, really strong match. I would go three and three-quarter Garganos for this one. 75% B plus Smash Wrestling Championship percentage. Board. Love it. All right. So then after this, we see Kyle O'Reilly getting a standing ovation from the live crowd. We see Von Wagner kind of allowing the man getting his moment in the lights. And then... Von Wagner is ready to beat up Kyle. But Kyle, not that stupid face, he unloads on Wagner himself and lays him out. I kind of like that mini swerve. Yeah, I did not expect that. I really expected Kyle to get laid out. And they teased that, that it's exactly what was going to happen. But Kyle was smart enough to see it coming because everyone saw it coming. We both saw it coming. So I'm really glad that they gave Kyle that little carrot. I, I'm glad that they at least gave him that much dignity. If he is leaving, le let him leave with his head high to that extent, you know? 
at the very least. It's it's the very least that we can ask from this company. All right, so then uh, we get more commercials. And then, my friend, it is the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. And she is backstage with Legado del Fantasmas, Santos Escobar, Electra Lopez, Raul Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilde. Uh, she asks about the Escobar versus Zion Quinn match planned for this Tuesday. Escobar speaks a little bit in Spanish about Zion Quinn. He says a bit uh, off more than he can chew. Uh, and reality will hit him in the face this Tuesday. Mackenzie also asks about Lopez meeting with Quinn in the parking lot this past week. Santos says they are family, and unlike other families, there are fair, their affairs are handled behind closed doors. Lopez says she wants to make it clear that she is a grown-ass woman, and what she does on her own time is not Mackenzie's business as they all walk off. Yeah, that was pretty uh, sassy little line to your girl. Uh, <laughs> the disrespect shown to Mackenzie Mitchell. If this was, if this wasn't Legado, <laughs> I would be upset. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. But yeah, no, a fine promo by Santos, who is an excellent, excellent promo guy. Very, very underrated on the microphone is Santos Escobar. Yeah, he really is. All right, then we get a video package for the hair v hair match because it's time. Cameron Grimes, Duke Hudson. Lucha de apuestas, hair for hair. One of the one of the biggest surprises of the year, in my opinion. I did not see this finish coming at all. How are you going to do a hair versus hair match and not have the caveman lose? Right? Like, why why shave the handsome dude's head? He was pretty close to having that shaved head anyway. It just I don't know. It just kind of seems like uh, pointless isn't the right word because I put Duke cuts it over it made cameron grimes cut a couple good promos at the end of the day this was a this was a pretty good feud but man i didn't i just didn't see it coming why shave duke hudson's head why good look you know unless i who knows who knows you know to me it's very weird because it's like it just really seemed like this was duke hudson's time to shine and it was going to be duke hudson getting the win and it was cameron grimes the caveman um who was going to um you know get shaved bald but yeah man it's just absolutely crazy uh i was shocked i was 100 percent shocked and it was like a good shock like you know it, it was a it was a pretty yeah. good match i'm not upset shocked i'm just le- like legitimately i'm shocked i don't know how many times i've said that word in the past minute <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was a pretty solid match. I think it was around the level of the uh, the opening match. Like it was, it was okay. It was uh, all things considered above average, but like kind of disappointing in terms of Cameron Grimes, what he could do on a on a takeover like stage. But he had ten minutes with Duke Hudson, you know. So it was what it was. He worked really hard, and uh, I really liked the the finish of this match. I really liked the end angle. Uh, yeah, it was pretty solid. I I don't know what. How did you feel about it, homie? Yeah, like I said, it was a very respectable match, um, you know, and like you say, it just, it's, it's unfortunate that Cameron Grimes now is is working with these rookies, like not to yeah. not to put not to make it sound like it's a bad thing, but there's so many more quality matches out there for Cameron Grimes. And, you know, it, it's just the unfortunate part of this NXT 2.0, but at the end of the day, if you're going to be investing and putting a name behind Duke Hudson moving forward, it makes sense. And who better, who better than Cameron Grimes to to help you get over with the crowd? But again, it's just I'm just still shocked. 
by this ending. And it was it just came out of nowhere because it was a schoolboy pin for the win. So I don't know. Yeah, and uh, he pulled Duke Hudson's tights. Cameron Grimes did cheat to win this match. He is a little stinker, that Cameron Grimes. So perhaps this feud will continue. I'm sure it will. I'm sure Duke Hudson will be out for revenge. Yep, exactly. So after the match, Grimes goes to force Hudson in the barber's chair. Duke overwhelms him and sits him down, punches him. And Cameron Grimes now is laid out on the barber's chair. Hudson has the clippers, but Cameron magically wakes up, does a weird-looking cave-in, sits him on the chair, and now it's time for Duke Hudson to get his head shaved. After a couple passes of the clippers, Hudson kind of wakes up, acts shocked, and runs away. Yeah, he gets half of a haircut. You've seen it before and runs out all, uh, you know, tail between his legs. Cameron Grimes wins with a tights assisted roll up 10 minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, Yeah, again, all things considered, slightly above average package of professional wrestling. We're going to go three Johnny Garganos out of five. It's a 60% Cleveland All-Pro Wrestling Junior Heavyweight Championship percentage, Boris. I love it. All right, then we get another (laughs) Grizzled Young Veterans uh, video. Um, You know, they're, they're, they're scamming the scams. They're running the scams. They're running the games, you know. Yorkshire and whatnot, um, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's, or Liverpoolian, I should say, uh, sorry, people from York, um, you know, they're, 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 they're just doing their thing. I, I, I'm still a fan of, of, of where they're going with the grizzled young veterans. They have the chops in ring, but now they have a little bit of character. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, a gift and a curse because they do have a character. They are interesting. They are funny. They're doing good jobs. But they're kind of comedy goofballs now, you know, and they're they're taken way less seriously than they were. But Boris, they were losing a lot anyway, even as the tough, mean, grizzled young veterans, they were routinely losing matches. So, hey, maybe it'll work out. Exactly. After that, we see a video package of your party gals, Casey Canzaro, Kane and Carter visiting festivals, doing their thing, probably taking E and other substances with MSK. I don't know. Whatever, they're party gals. <laughs> Better than the TikTok um, characters that they were portraying before. The MDMA PA? <laughs> love it. I love it. The uh, the not-so-after-school special, Casey Canzaro and Kane <laughs> Carter. Exactly. Degeneration ecstasy. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. So, yeah, so we'll see where, where, where they go with these characters. And, again, at least they're getting something. These characters were just, they, they were put in these <laughs> random matches, kind of had some stories, but nothing of substance. So it's kind of cool that, again, they're getting TV time, they're giving them characters, and let them just run with it. Yeah, they weren't getting anything of substance, so now they're getting substances. Oh, we've been hanging out way too much this past year. <laughs> All right, we see the Draco Anthony video package that we saw from Tuesday, um, and then it's uh, they announced that New Year's Evil is back, and it's going to be Tuesday, January the 4th. Oh, man. that, that man. So, I love it, because obviously we're going to be doing a podcast that evening. Um, it's going to be a bigger uh, show than a regular TV show, hopefully on par with Halloween Havoc, or at least, at the very least, yeah, on par, should be better. Um, but man, we have a busy few days to start the new year. We're doing the Day One podcast. We're doing New Year's Evil podcast. People are going to get bored of us. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Hopefully we don't oversaturate the market. Yeah, because we're also hope maybe gonna talk about Wrestle Kingdom too. But we can wait a week or two for that, baby. But uh hoof. Yeah, lot lots coming down the pike in January. I'm excited. All right, and then another shocking match result to a match came next um and it was for your cruiserweight championship joe gacy versus roderick strong the all-inclusive joe gacy you know he wants to make out with the uh restrictions of the cruiserweight division so he wants to make it all-inclusive you know we've heard a lot of rumblings that this was going to essentially retire the cruiserweight title are you shocked at the result well, I had predicted that they were going to retire the cruiserweight title here. It was going to maybe they were going to change it. Wade Barrett actually said they were going to make it the all-inclusive title, and the fact that he said that in those words double scared me. I thought they were actually going to go through with that plan. But so yeah, I'm very shocked, but pleasantly surprised yet again at the finish of this one. Roderick Strong pins Joe Gacy clean in the middle of the ring. He slays another giant. Boris Roderick Strong's getting a pretty strong push in this NXT 2.0 quietly. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it's a, sure. Why not? I really enjoyed Diamond Mine. Right? I saw. I can tell that a lot of people don't watch NXT regularly just by some of the questions people were asking, and there's no no issue there, um, because you know I, I'm I'm a fan of having these discussions with people, and you know one of the things that came out was like you know have they explained the whole point of this Diamond Mine thing? And it's yeah, sort of. Malcolm Bivens is doing a much better job now on the mic, explaining that these are your premier athletes. You know, the best of the best, the people who just want to kick ass, you know, these up and coming stars who are going to take NXT and WWE by storm. And I think that this is one of the few, uh, you know, really positive parts of NXT 2.0. Now, I couldn't agree with you more, man. And, and in order for that story to actually work and be effective, the leader needs to win. The ne- The leader needs to actually lead by example and, and show that there's a reason to align yourself with Diamond Mind. Diamond Mine. So I'm really, really glad that Roderick Strong is getting this push. I'm just so surprised. He was not on my list of people who are going to be pushed in NXT 2.0. You know what I mean? Like, I, I expected him to be kind of going the way of Leon Ruff and uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and B-Fab and so forth. Yeah, exactly. We'll see exactly what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, it's um, I'm liking it. I'm liking Diamond Mine. Malcolm Bivens is a treasure on the mic. And, the, you know, the Creed brothers, I think, with the right angle, are going to be, like, just supreme. Yeah, they need a little more experience, but, boy, they they smack of the Steiner brothers, don't they? Them and Braun Breaker, obviously, because he is a Steiner nephew, a Steiner son. But what? these guys have his, some Steiner blood in them. Breaker with two Ks. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sorry, how silly of me, yes. He's from the Breaker family, noted wrestlers. <laughs> the Breakers. Oh, my God, we can hold, uh, I'm going to stop that right there. We're going to move ahead. Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell, your hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling. Mackenzie Mitchell right now is backstage with Kyle O'Reilly asking what the hell happened after their loss to Imperium uh, when Von Wagner tried to attack him. O'Reilly says he's been in the business for a long time, and if Wagner thinks he didn't smell that turn coming from a mile away, Wagner is as dumb as he looks. Kyle says this is the first time he hasn't been in the actual war games match and he's hungry for some steel so he's challenging von wagner to a steel cage match on tuesday's nxt 
Very good. Kyle O'Reilly in a steel cage match. And again, we don't know exactly when O'Reilly's deal expires, but all of these appearances may be his last appearance. So I'm treasuring Kyle O'Reilly while we got him. Hopefully he'll pull something good out of Vaughn in the cage. Also, Boris, just to dot the I's and cross the T's, the previous match, I would rate three and a half Garganos out of five. It's a 70% pro wrestling, Ohio prime heavyweight championship percentage, Boris. Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) Now it's time for the main event after a pretty cool video package. It is time for the men's war games match. We get team 2.0, um, uh, which was, uh, Braun breaker, uh, North American champion Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, AO, AO, Gabagool with his Cabacruel finisher, and Grayson, better than the Miz, Waller, uh, versus the Black and Gold team, which consisted of NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight. Yeah, all eight guys looked really good in this match. Everyone gave a good accounting of themselves. I liked the layout. You could argue to me that it went a little long, but you know what? I needed a long match. I needed a war here, Boris, and we went 38 minutes and 13 seconds. I think we got that war. There were some spectacular moments. I thought the finish was awesome. Made me jump out out of my chair. Carmelo Hayes might be dead from uh, from a spear yeah. Oh man. Yeah. There were some moments here in this match that I was just like, wow. Uh, you, you know, and I, I love angry Pete Dunn, but to start the match, I was already hyped. You know why? That's because Johnny Gargano got his rebel heart intro and man, the crowd was going crazy. You would think that there were 5,000 people in that, in, in the performance center. And, you know, I honestly, man, you know, if that, entrance could bring a tear to her glass eye because you can tell that there was just so much emotion inside of Johnny Gargano so much emotion in the building with the fans and it was honestly such a cool moment and I'm so happy that WWE you know we, we they've done some really shitty stuff to a lot of people recently but it's nice to see that you know they gave Johnny Gargano his moment for the years and years and of sacrifices blood sweat and tears that he's put into NXT the, uh, the bar has been set so low that I didn't even consider that that could be a possibility, that they would even think to do that, you know? But I'm so glad that, yeah, they gave him his old baby face theme. He was wearing some, some interesting gears. It was like a rainbow splotchy, like an amalgamation of all of his previous yep. superhero gear, I yep. believe. It was because you saw yeah. the Wolverine claws. You saw the Iron Man stuff. It was like this really cool kind of uh, quilt of his time in NXT, which yet again, oh, it got, it got to me, man. <laughs> the feels, the feels were high on this match. Um, you know, it just, it, yeah, it was, it was a really cool moment uh, to see Gargano and boy, oh boy, WWE, Uncle H and whomever is running the show right now got the most out of Gargano because he and Carmelo Hayes started the match. Yeah, and they yeah they milked Johnny for all he was worth in this one. Johnny was the only man bleeding, I believe, in this match. Blade job, Gargano. Yep. Yeah, man, if this is the end for Johnny, if this is the end and we have seen his last NXT match, just what an incredible run. And just like, thank you, Gargano, for being one of, if not the most important wrestler to possibly my favorite run of a pro wrestling company ever. And that's NXT from like 2012, 13 until basically 2.0 took over. Yeah, pretty much, man. It's just crazy, like the just the the special moments that he's been involved in. Even he, you know, even tonight, 
uh, his little thumb up with Dexter got to me. Like, it was just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it's just the small stuff. All right, so Grayson Waller was out third. Um, Grayson Waller's... His ring gear is so random. It's like literally like, you know, you, you, you have a creative wrestler and you just hit random. And then you'd spend like, you know, 20 hours figuring out the the guy's move set because he has a lot of moves and it's very <laughs> nice looking moves. It's different looking stuff that Grayson Waller has. Um, but his, his ring gear is just so basic and funny. Yeah, it's funny. He's like a crazy creator wrestler on WWE 2K with fight night champion ring gear he's yeah. wearing a boxer shorts that's it it's really funny but uh yeah man i actually was really impressed with grayson waller he was throwing himself everywhere bouncing around like a super ball like like human flubber in this match and also everything that people were throwing was landing on grayson waller <laughs> that was literally my favorite part because man it just it, it really made me laugh so we'll get to that in one sec so pete dunn was out fourth um dunn came in hot uh he did a crash landing puts haze into uh waller uh just gives some stiff forms uh to carmelo snap german suplex uh and then gargano came back but man oh man i just love this bitter bitter pete dunn because he's in there to kick some kid's ass and it's just hilarious to see yeah absolutely yeah. he's mad at these kids despite the fact that he himself is still very much a kid i yeah. love it he's surly right. old 27 year old man pete dunn yep all right tony d'angelo a.o gabagruel was out fifth, and this is when uh, Trick Williams starts sliding some tables in. Um, this is also when Trick Williams starts throwing in some stuff from the outside and pretty much lands on Grayson Waller. Um, Tony D'Angelo even threw in a chair that almost landed on Grayson Waller. <laughs> Poor guy, just like, and I love how the camera caught it. Like, it, just, it honestly made me laugh. There's something so <laughs> unintentional, it's completely unintentional so it is at this point uh that trick williams is out doing his things and dexter loomis randomly appears from under the ring to run williams out uh tony has a steel chain and a lock and he secures the door and wade barrett with the line of the night after obviously questioning how long dexter loomis was under the ring he says is indy hartwell under the ring too <laughs> i actually missed that that's funny uh, Wade, Wade Barrett, he, we're going to be okay without Beth Phoenix, I think. Wade Barrett will keep us in good hands. Yep, yep. But it does suck because, like I said, the, these three, Vic, Wade, and Beth, just have such great chemistry, all three together, that, you know, I think losing on Beth, regardless of who comes in, you know, it just it's going to take some getting used to because I really, really enjoy these three together. I hope nobody comes in. We need more two-man, two-person booths in wrestling. Yeah. All right. So there's a bunch of plunder in the ring. There, uh, the heels are now using it. They're beating down the baby faces, and L.A. Knight now is out sixth. Um, when L.A. Knight goes to the door, he can't open it because of uh, Tony D'Angelo's lock in place. But in a few seconds, he realizes there's no roof to the cage. I'm just going to climb over the cage and get into the ring that way. So I kind of <laughs> like that. It wasn't a stupid face moment. Um, and he comes into the ring. And I got to say, man, this was LA Knight's probably best performance in NXT. Yeah. Uh, there was that one awesome, there was a couple awesome Cameron Grimes match. The latter match stands out in my head. 
the Butler Diapoistis match where uh, he almost had Ted DiBiase as his Butler was a good one too. But by and large, all in all, I think you're right, buddy. I think this was his best performance so far. Yep. All right. So uh, more plunder. All the plunder is happening. Um, and then Braun Breaker is out seventh. Uh, Breaker is having a hard time breaking into the ring. He can't use uh, uh, chain cutters or what do you, whatever they called. Um, so that was a little embarrassing. Yeah, bolt and cutters, I, loved, I guess. Yeah, yeah he was cutters. struggling pretty hard with those. <laughs> yeah. He, he can't even live up to his own name, you know, breaking with two Ks. Uh, so it was a little awkward at that point just because everyone <laughs> in the ring. Think, I was just going to say, we saw that pun, Boris. I see you making that pun twice just to make sure that we saw it. I'm sorry I undersold it the first time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. But, yeah, so he eventually comes into the ring. He's hot. He's destroying night with a power slum. Uh Pete and Johnny take Braun out with a high-low uh, shot. Breaker recovers, press slams, Johnny wrestling into everybody. Heels are grinding them down while Tommaso Ciampa stews in the cage. And then the t- the countdown timer is a ticking. And that is when Tommaso Ciampa comes out as he is the eighth and final man to come out before the match officially starts. Yeah, and I, yeah, it was definitely getting a huge ovation. Ciampa walking down through the crowd. It was nice to see. And uh, yeah, man, he came in and raised some hell. Classic <laughs> Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, he, he he just went in guns a-blazing. It was crazy. Um, but then we got a impromptu DIY reunion. Um, we saw a cr- uh, tossing the crutch to Tom, and he hits a Russian leg sweep. DIY doing the thing, but Breaker cuts Gargano off by rock-bottoming him into Champa. Uh, this was just a crazy brawl. The baby faces are battered in the middle of the ring, um, but yet they be start uh, the comeback. And then we get... The one thing that we see, the one spot, the one angle, the one moment that happens in every single WWE War Games match. You got the faces on one side, and then your West Side Story, uh, the heels on the other side. They're you know they're you know they're 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 snapping their fingers, and they all come up, and it's just pandemonium 2021 as they all start fighting. And this is when the match went from like a seven to a nine. Yeah, yeah, we got your Jets versus Sharks moment. Uh, and it, it happened exactly like that in the women's match too. Like you said, there was actually a cool, uh, twist on it in the men's match in that, like the four combatants were laying between the two rings and, uh, uh, the team 2.0 kind of surrounded them, but that led to the classic, uh, standoff, uh, as it were. Uh, anyway, man. Yeah, this match was, it was very strong. It went a long time. I want to touch on Tony D'Angelo because though he's not throwing shooting star presses off the cage or anything, I really liked the the character work they did with D'Angelo yes. in this match. He was, he was able to, to pull a crowbar out and work that in with a, a top rope crowbar assisted spinning neck breaker on Pete Dunn. And then the whole padlocking the ring business. Yeah, I just really love Tony D'Angelo getting to explore his character in this match. Exactly. Um, Champa does an air raid crash into a trash can, but Breaker was able to kick out. Uh, Tony then with a fisherman's neck breaker on night. He sets up a table. Waller is on top of the cage, and we get a interesting looking elbow uh, from the top of the cage from Waller onto um, onto Knight. 
uh, but Dunn was able to break up the pin at that point. Uh, just crazy. Like again, it was just all pandemonium. Born and Tom are are going back and forth. Breaker hits the Frankensteiner military press press on Gargano. He escapes and hits a one final beat on the Steiner kid. DIY have him lined up. Meeting in the middle connects, but Hayes breaks up the pin. Champa with a knee. Underhooks, but Braun spears him through a table that was in the corner for quite a long time. Then Braun has Champa exactly where he wants him, and he does the power slam. I'm going to start calling it the breaker with 2K slam onto Tommaso Champa, onto <laughs> your NXT champ for the win. And that is it, folks. 2.0 are victorious. 2.0 wins it and the final shot was 2.0 celebrating and we'll see what happens next yeah 38 minutes 13 seconds yeah again the finish of this match I just want to highlight it so uh Champa had he's going for the fairy tale ending which is a double underhook face buster on Carmelo Hayes and while he has Carmelo Hayes upside down in a double underhook Braun Breaker spears him through a table and Carmelo. Carmelo like falls off to the side, but it kind of looked like he made contact directly with Melo's head. So yeah, it was, I was actually of all the people in that bump. I was more worried for Carmelo than anybody, but yeah, I actually really, I thought this match was spectacular. I thought it was great. It felt like a war. All eight men had a chance to shine. This was a very, very good wrestling match, a great wrestling match. Uh, if we had to put a rating on it, Boris, I would go four Johnny Garganos out of five. It's an 80% NXT triple crown percentage, buddy. He did it. He won them all. Yep, he did. He did, in fact, win them all, except for the women's titles. But that's neither here nor there. I don't know why I just said that. Whatever. Let's move on. It's late. It's late. It's Sunday. It's midnight. Um, but yeah, so that was NXT War Games. Matt, it might not be TakeOver of the yesteryears, but it wasn't the worst thing we've watched. It wasn't an affront to wrestling. It wasn't an embarrassment to, to you know, watch, have something on national TV, on quote-unquote pay-per-view, on a streaming service. Uh, it wasn't the worst. It really wasn't the worst. Uh, it was a fun show, and, you know, like I mentioned, at least the NXT 2.0 wrestlers are improving. Yeah, man. I liked it more than the NWA pay-per-view. I haven't seen AAA yet. But, uh, yeah, I think it was the best thing I've seen this weekend wrestling-wise. I uh, Yeah, I quite liked it. Definitely the main event was strong. Everything else was was okay. It was good, but not great. Main event, I would say, was great. And, uh, yeah, man, definitely t- uh, 2.0 up and down for sure. But right now, they're, uh, they're kind of peaking. They're at their strongest point. And we'll see if they can keep it going. We'll see. So if you had to rate the entire show, how many Johnny wrestlings would you give this match or the show? Nah, the show, I don't know, like three, three and a half, three and two, yeah, three, three and a quarter, three and two thirds. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Steiner math. Um, you know, so because we are doing a podcast, I did put up a thread on the Facebook group. So for those of you who are listening and not part of the Facebook group, uh, you should join We have fun time watching these shows, uh, and then typically we try to get feedback if it's not a live show, Uh, so let's get to it. So Brad the Dad, he says, I love the ending of both of the War Games matches. It put over the chaos that happens when you have all eight people in there with weapons. 
Plus, it set up our main events going forward, having both of the champions get pinned, setting up challengers. The point of NXT is to make new stars, and on this night, we put over a bunch of the young talent in order to begin to make a new generation of hot young talent they can wrestle on the main roster. Uh, will they all make it? No. But if two or three of them do, that's good for the business, or at least WWE's business. Yeah, well, that's the new strategy, and I agree with Brad pretty much. Like, that's the way it should be, really, developmental, and that's what we've got now, so we may as well accept it and enjoy it for what it is. Yep. Uh, Michael Vincent said, did the main event live up to its hype? Yes, absolutely. It certainly did. In my opinion, I think it, it more than delivered. There's a universe where that match is pretty bad. There's a universe where that match is a disaster. But I thought it was great. I thought all eight guys looked great. It was exactly what it needed to be. Exactly. Uh, Jake Alanar says, shout out to Peacock ads for shielding me from the only shitty part of the show, pun intended. That aside, this show wasn't a takeover, but it absolutely was a takeover. Women's War Games was fun as hell, and Cora Jade sold the hell out of her shoulder until EO stopped the doctors. I was thinking she was legit hurt. Uh, her picking up the win after fighting through the injury was a solid story for the, uh, for the match, even if the finish itself felt a bit mistimed. Imperium versus uh, the Out There Boys was a solid match with a clever finish that made Kyle look uh, strong in defeat. I was super confused as to why Kyle would dodge the beatdown from Wagner until the match was set up for Tuesday. Kyle O'Reilly will get his send-off and NXT will get a new monster heel and Von Wagner for sure. Grimes versus Hudson was some solid fun with a heel getting his uh, comeuppance. Uh, not exactly one for the ages, but zero complaints from me. Roddy versus Gacy was fun and gritty. I kind of hoped Gacy would win to see where they would go with the belt, but Roddy really couldn't afford the loss right now. I wonder who faces Roddy next. Uh, that men's war games match was perfection, if you ask me. From the moment Rebel Heart started playing right up until the close of the show, I was smiling like a kid in a candy store. Big spots, storytelling, hot crowd, this match had it all and then some. Whether Johnny stays or goes, he'll likely be off TV for the next few months uh, with a kid due in the early months of 2022. So don't pour one out just yet. Um, instead, pop the champagne for Johnny Wrestling. If Breaker had won the NXT title at Halloween Havoc, I would have been furious. If he wins it at New Year's Evil, I'll be thrilled. He's completely won me over. Kid is the future. Uh, sorry for getting too long, but quick question. Who is your pick for replacing Beth on commentary? Uh, hoping nobody. I could see, honestly, like them going way out of left field. And going like Lash Legend or someone like you don't we it could be anybody if it's gonna be somebody new it's gonna be somebody brand new that we haven't seen before in any capacity I would be shocked if it was like a legend or something I think I hope I hope they just go Vic and Wade for a little bit though yeah yeah I agree with you uh, I can see Nigel McGuinness coming back uh, aside from that just like you. I really do hope that they leave this as a two-man team. You know, you don't need the third person all the time. I don't think you do. I think two are just fine. I think Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett can for sure hold it down while uh, on their own without Beth. But, you know, you just never know what WWE is thinking. You know, we're seeing commentary teams just, just 
too large. AEW, that's one of my major beefs with AEW, especially right now that JR is, is on uh, medical leave. You know, this rotating AEW staff of commentary, it's just, it's, to me, it's too much, especially if they're using the commentary desk to, just to set up angles. Um, let's leave it to two. More is more. Less is more. Let's Let's just leave it at two. That's all. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, so I have to ask, and this is how we're going to end the show. Johnny Gargano, is he staying? Is he going? Well, it sure felt like he was going. I don't think there's any reason for him to stay in NXT if he still wants to wrestle at a high level. The man's only 34 years old. Realistically, he has six or seven years of top, top level professional wrestling in him. So... I mean, obviously, it's cliche to just go, oh, he's going to go to AEW. But, yeah, I think he's going to go to AEW. I think he's going to go where the best wrestlers are having the best wrestling matches. And he's going to have awesome wrestling matches against the best wrestlers. You know what I actually think, Boris? He might be the first guy who comes in and wins the TNT title open challenge. Really? You think you, you think that's how they'll bring him in? If they do bring him in, that would be a good way to do it because he could have a great match with anybody. And that'd be an, if he's signed to AEW, that'd be an interesting fuck you to the WWE. This guy who you didn't want on your TV, who you didn't see anything in, having awesome matches with all kinds of people around the globe. I think that would be a very interesting way to do it. And I kind of think it's time to get the belt off Sammy. So there's my prediction. Johnny Gargano is going to win the TNT title battle of the belts, January 8th. You heard it here first. All right. Well, there you go. That's a hell of a prediction right there. I'm going to have to go the complete opposite of you. And I honestly think <laughs> somehow, some way, I don't know how. Do I think this is the best decision? No, but I really do feel that he will be staying. I don't know why. That's just like my gut feeling, and my gut feeling is usually not wrong unless it comes to relationships. <laughs> That's funny, yes. Uh, and you did say Adam Cole would leave, so it's not like you're just saying all these guys are going to stay. It's a different situation for Gargano. I do kind of think like he kind of has... He could be a great coach. I think he's got a lot of love for Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Uh, we'll see, man. But I, I do honestly think he's gonna go where he's gonna go where the professional wrestling is. That's where they. And, and obviously, he and more so he, uh, more so than he, Candice have great relationships with the Young Bucks. Yeah, exactly. So that that could be a huge factor too. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, January could be a, a very interesting time in AEW when Kevin Steen shows up, when Johnny Gargano shows oh up. My God. Oh, man. Oh, man. When Kyle O'Reilly shows up. Oh. Anyways, we're talking NXT 2.0 we'll here on NXT Talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes man. sir so yeah we're coming back tuesday wednesday morning coming back with another one steel cage match santos versus zion quinn and oh boris i just thought of who the you know who the shaman's gonna be who, he's gonna who's be a gonna tag be? team wrestler a, ta a tag team legend who smokes a lot of pot who's friends with Shawn michaels and and triple h it's obviously xbox it's the one two three kid that's who the shaman is i never even thought of that possibility but we'll find out on tuesday so we have we're back on tuesday uh you know for those patrons you get your usual shows but for those of you who aren't patrons you should think about becoming a patron because you get one wrestling show a day on tuesday mornings you get the midweek markup featuring jason and mark talking all things raw eventually um this week though it's going to be the newest uh guy on the team mike mcguire 
initiation by fire here you go you're gonna force to watch raw wake up extra early and chat raw with jason uh we're gonna be back on wednesday morning with nxt talk then on Thursday, we have a huge episode of BAM. We're going to be talking AAA. We're going to be talking NWA. We're going to be talking ROH and a ton of sports as well. And then on Friday, you have the old fucks talking all things AEW in All Elite Weekly. Typically, it is Joe and Dan on that show. But this week, it's going to be Dan and Boris talking all things AEW Dynamite. Uh, Saturday, you get not one but two shows. You get the Smack Daddies talking all things SmackDown. And you get the Dark Side of the Elite talking all things Rampage. Then on Sunday, if you're a patron, you typically get the radio show, the terrestrial show, a little early. And most of the time, there's a little extra, extra chatter at the end of the show. But there you have it. Johnny Gargano, wherever you end up, thank you for everything you've done. Beth Phoenix, you know, I... It was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see exactly what happens on NXT 2.0. It's constantly changing, constantly evolving. But so is the world at this point. He's Matt. I'm Boris. The show is NXT Talk. And we chatted all things NXT War Games. Good night. Sincere thanks to Johnny Gargano for showing us all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah!